Good morning, everyone, and we're back with a new podcast. And it's already Tuesday, Joe, and the podcast should have come out this morning. So, what happened? What happened? We went out for a meal last night. It was the last night. Um, a couple of guys that were videoing some footage from our training camp in Girona were out here, and uh, yeah, we went out for some food, had a few drinks, and uh, got back a bit too late. Uh, although Tom was uh, still keen, I think, to do it at about 11, I was keen. 11 p.m. I wanted to do the podcast because I know. I'm getting all the DMs from the people, where's the podcast, or uh, them saying, I can't wait till the next one. So if you're postponing it, it's like heroin for a drug addict. If you, <laughs> It gets dangerous when you keep it away from him. You Tom, know? Tom lives for the podcast. He lives for this shit. I live for this shit. <laughs> anyway, Joe, I brought you a little present, and uh, I thought about getting this into the last week of training camp, because otherwise you'd be recovering too quick. <laughs> oh, kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking in the kitchen and we were saying that we're uh, what, what, what were we saying about because we've got only water and beer we're so. like living in the medieval age where all you had to drink was water or beer we've got nothing else in the house apart from a few electrolyte tablets so it's either drink electrolyte tablets water which gets Gosh. really fed up with when well, you're drinking we'll God. get to this later this week but today I felt a bit sick and um, I didn't want a beer but then later on I grabbed a beer and Joe was saying, why are you getting a beer for? And I said, mate, I'm so sick of water and electrolyte taps all day. <laughs> and I just want some a different taste in my mouth. So, um, yeah, grabbed a little beer. But then I uh, brought these little presents. What do you think of this kombucha? It's all right, yeah. Lime and mint flavor. It beats, uh, definitely beats having water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That is, uh, that is really good. Anyway, um, I'm curious. Although I've seen you all week, any highs and lows? <laughs> I've got one massive, massive low, and that is Spanish pools. They're like worse than, uh, I know we go on about it all the time and I half on about it, but the changing rooms are worse than the pools. And there's one guy, or not one guy, I've seen numerous guys that shave their balls in over the sink, <laughs> in the pool, naked. There's literally two <laughs> sinks, and they'll stand there, balls out, cock out everything and they're literally shaving it over the sink aren't they it's it crazy disgusting. i've never like, ever seen it in my life um they start off shaving well they're going in there it's just a public changing and there's room. only two sinks you're literally right there's, next to them there's two sinks it? two sinks indeed and just go in there they're poodle naked and just their shavings That's... and you know what happened today when i went to the pool i didn't even tell you and when i got into the change room i opened the toilet i opened the, the change the toilet door and the guy was just standing in there naked and didn't even, <laughs> hadn't even locked it. He didn't even lock the <laughs> toilet door. So I've been standing there and he's cocked out and everything. And I'm like, dude, lock the door. Like, if you're going to the toilet, like, what are you doing that? I, like, I don't know. But I, I just think <laughs> that they've just got a really close community here. It's more like a family. And we don't really belong in that family. That's why we think it's a bit odd. I want to see Tom go to the other sink and uh, start shaving next to the guy as well. Well, I was thinking yeah. about it. See. I was thinking about it, but I forgot my uh, my tools the other day. So yeah, uh, it'd be like the sauna competition, wouldn't it? Who would last longest? Like, <laughs> who would get more, most awkward first? But I I know why there were some guys in there yesterday because yesterday was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? So they thought if they if I'm doing it at home, then she knows or he knows it's ready. So do you think that guy in the toilet? So they do it. They do it in the gym. So it's kind of a surprise, isn't it? Surprise, yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day. Oh, when did you do that? 
Do you mean? Do you... Yeah, and then it would be like, remember when I went to the gym? Yeah, yeah. you didn't work out. No, <laughs> I think that's the trick. <laughs> I just went in for a quick shave. Maybe the guy in the toilet who didn't lock it today was hoping for a late Valentine's present or something. <laughs> like, he was hoping that he could like seduce someone to come into the toilet with him or something. <laughs> that could be a total, total uh, Valentine's surprise. And uh, this is so. This is your massive. Uh, this was actually my law as well. But um, I've got some other ones. Yeah, I was bedridden as well. Like I, I went for a swim on when was it Thursday? Felt a bit ta- actually. To be honest, I felt knackered on Wednesday. Wednesday, I'd done a swim and a run, and we had a four and a bit hour ride to do. And um, I cut, was coming off the last mountain. We we're racing the light to get back home. We knew we were going to be riding in the dark for the last bit, and it was me and John. We we're battling away, and um, I, I was. Uh, it was like a nice long downhill finish to the end, and um, we were flying down the mountain. I said to John. This is this is like the Tour de France. This is like let's imagine we're like in a breakaway. We've got thirty kilometers to go. We've come off the last climb, and uh, they've come on the race raid, and they're like, "You've got two minutes of the breakaway. You can hold them off." Um, it felt like that, but then uh, I, when I couldn't um, cut, pull a turn because I, I don't know why I didn't have any power, so I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought John was riding really strong. I just felt shattered. Um, I thought, oh, imagine you're riding for GC, Joe, and John's riding for the stage, and you've like come to like a, a, an agreement where you're like, yeah, you can have the stage if you turn me along to the end to help me <laughs> for GC. That was like what I was thinking in my head. And you might be thinking when you're listening right now, where was the mozzarella? Did he get dropped? Well, this is my uh, another low of the week. We went out for this four-hour ride, and of course, Joe took us along another gravel path along on the road bikes. And I think after... 80 to 9, I was a bit more than two hours in, two and a half hours in, and then I punctured. And of course, we've all got spare tubes and all that kind of stuff with us. But we didn't bring, what was it again? A six oh, mil Allen key. A six mil Allen key. We didn't bring a six mil Allen key. And, uh, well, they were with the van, but just you guys went up the mountain and we got, had the camera guy. He had to get the footage. Um, I was already feeling a bit like fatigued or anyway, and... That was because the next day we turned out all to be sick. I wish I had a puncture in the end because when I when I was when John was smashing it, I thought he was riding really really hard, but he said he was only doing like two hundred sixty, two hundred seventy watts, and I was like stuck on his wheel. I couldn't even do a turn. Yeah, we don't, you, you don't have any power meters. So you don't have any power. No, just no thought he was like three hundred watts or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, we all we all suffered a bit from uh, from illness. We had a little uh, a bug virus in in the house. Yeah, I slept for like eight hours in the afternoon. Was awake for about an hour and a half, two hours. Had a bowl of cereal and then slept for another like eight or nine hours. Sixteen hours in the space of like eighteen. Crazy, crazy. Have we got more lows? I haven't got any more lows. No, I'm living. The, I'm just living the dream, mate. I don't really have too many lows. No, that's true. We have got one more low, but we're going to save that one for the Instagram post of the week because uh, we have our own Instagram post of the week. That is an absolute. Oh yeah. yeah, I know this guy. Uh, we'll get to that later no, but on. Isn't it a different Instagram? Um... No, this is a, this is a good one. This uh, this is the one with the coffee pot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, hold on a sec. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna save we that need, one. We need to save that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna save that one for another episode. We got a different one for this one. <laughs> Sometimes we're just discussing on the go. We're discussing <laughs> on the go. <laughs> good one. There is a low one that week. We're just gonna mention him. The biggest, biggest douche ever in triathlon. We've seen him in the gym. Yeah, but we can't say too much, can we? We can't say too much. The the week. We're going to spoil it. But right. This is hilarious. This is one of these things where you see on Instagram what people post up with people's gym behavior. 
and you can't quite believe it and you're like is that actually real is that fake? or is it I've made never, up yeah i've never seen anything like this we have actually experienced some of that behavior in the gym and it was such an experience it was, it was odd it was like winning the lottery the odds of something like that seeing something like that in person are like the odds very of rare a lottery ticket and you got to catch it on camera and so we did yeah we've got it you this is a good one um anyway but the, the instagram post of the week this week is from a fellow pro athlete we're going to that towards the end of the episode I know, but just, yeah. uh, just a little tease just a little, little tease, tease. A, a little tease big pro athlete um exactly uh anyway high of the week i've got a couple of highs um, starting off with the high, and we forgot to mention this in our previous podcast uh, because our previous pod, uh, two podcasts ago, we talked about the all-world athlete uh, schedule, the frequent flyer program. You know, if you do a lot of Ironmans, you're kind of a big deal because you're uh, gold or bronze or silver. Um, we bullshit busted that one. Little did we know that the next oh, day, little I- Tom was invited to St. George as an AWA gold age grouper, whereas I've been racing for a pro um, for one and a half years right now, but I'm still in the age group mailing list. Uh, and that is funny to know that even on my bib numbers last year, so I've got a pro bib number, but I do have the prestige of the AWA gold on that bib number as well. That's like, that's OTT, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever seen something like that before? No. So you're pro, o, uh, pro o AWA gold. I've never seen anything like that. No, I can show. I you. was just thinking in my um, head. I've got um, I've got a, a high this week from today. Like, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> or do you need to throw it out right now? Um, no, no, I can wait. I can You're wait. like a little, little, yeah. little dog. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking of it in my <laughs> like head. A squirrel. He's just <laughs> getting super keen. Um, anyway, that AWA gold. It was a high because we posted it up on the mockery that Tom was going to St George. To race it as a pro, um, no, I did not because I didn't qualify, uh, and it was a high because so many people were like, oh my god, that's so awesome! And but what we do want, we do want to see and check if I can come out to St George and provide the mockery followers for a daily vlog and some podcast in St George during the World Champions, but then travel on mockery style. Yeah, we want to get Tom out. Get him to like train with some of the other pro athletes, do some sessions, uh, ask him some questions and stuff like that. But in our style, like make it a bit um, funny. Banter, funny. Banter, and yeah. we don't think there's anything out there like that. Training with the pros, no. going to do a couple of sessions and uh, put them on the spot for a couple of questions. And, and uh, he'll even clean your bike if you do uh, a ride with him. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see about that. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might even clean your bike. That he might, might even be clean your bike. Um, so yeah, I am AVA gold and pro the double, I've got the double bonus prestige, um, and everything that comes with it, but I'm not going to St. George to raise it. I, um, had a high from today. Well, it was not really a high, but like a very lucky moment. So I count it as a high. So a podcast listener met met us the other day. He sent me a message. He said, he, he, we came out of a cafe, didn't we? We saw him and he said, listen to Trifle and Mockery. Um, his name's Dylan, uh, and Ended up going for some rides with him. He did a massive one with us on uh, Sunday, an eight-hour epic ride. And then today, came out with me. We were doing some intervals. And then on a descent, I was leading it down. Spanish roads, treacherous in the in, when there's a damp corner. 
he came flying around me. It was like Valentino Rossi. Uh, <laughs> and then, on, unfortunately, he had his slicks on when the corner was wet. And boom, that was all she wrote. Oh, my God. He was sliding across the road. Like, I literally just missed it. You had the sound of the metal hitting the floor. And the, and the carbon, skin. right? Yeah, the carbon. I thought, oh, God. Like, is that his leg? Is that his bike? God. He was, luckily, he was all right. But that was a very lucky moment. I thought I was going down then. But God, yeah, it was like uh, it was like Rossi going round a wet hairpin. So your your highest your highest seeing someone else crash. No, it's narrowly escaping it. Narrowly escaping All it. Right. I don't know how I missed him because it was literally right in front of me. That was yeah. The high wasn't seeing him crash. It was just luckily missing it because it could have been game over for uh, St George. Finally, Guta, that would be something, wouldn't it? St yeah. George being over. I know. I'd have been gutted. Yeah, but honestly, that would be if you make a mistake because you could be thinking, I'm going, I'm going to descend like there's no tomorrow. But it's just a training ride, isn't it? And yeah. if you crash, your season could be over. That's uh, that's what I keep in mind when this happened. Yeah, he was it's, really uh, lucky. Really lucky I didn't uh, go down. Um, anyway, this is the second week of our training camp that we've just uh, ticked off. A bit more, I would say, uh, two and a half weeks into the training camp. Uh, we've been banking some really, really good sessions. We've had our on days. We've had our off days. Um, I think the shared high must be that we are riding pretty well, I would say. Yeah, nine-hour brick session on Sunday. You did a brick session on Sunday, but we did an uh, eight-hour ride, um, four and a half thousand meters of elevation, and basically it was just, I would say, a steady ride, but up the climbs, pretty hard. Yeah, but John said his like, normalized power was like 280 or something for like eight hours, so decent. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's uh, decent. Um, so, uh, speaking of, let's go over to the main subject of the week. And we just talked about this. We wanted to talk in this episode about the differences between pro, uh, pro age groupers, professionals, top professionals, um, especially the, um, on the bike topic, um, the race dynamics of a race or as an age, age group race, a professional race. As well as uh, the running bit, swimming. I don't think there's much difference in in pacing, really, really. But in uh, on the bike, there's a big difference. So, what do you need to push as a top age grouper to be on the top, and what do you need to push as a pro or as a top pro to qualify as an Uber biker? Um, we're gonna dive into that. I think um, we could start off. What do you think we should start off with? Um, maybe start off with. Like what? What? What did you have to do when you were the uh, in the uh, when you started off as an age grouper? Have so you ever raced as an age grouper? N- not really. No, never done an Ironman race as an age grouper. All right, so you've got literally no experience. Got no experience, mate. Isn't there? You're just guessing. Age you're just, yeah, just, it's always been three hundred watts. Can just make something up. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, I've done my first Ironman in 2018, Maastricht. A week before it, I installed a power meter, so I had the data from it. Um, and I do, I could even check the data because I think I had the five faster bike split overall. And I remember I was always cycling with a German friend of mine. You know him as well, Volker. Yeah. And uh, I literally had no clue what what power actually was, what what per kilo is, and all that kind of stuff. But I do know he was always doing two fifty to sixteen training. What? Because he was telling you. Uh, yeah, he's just telling me. I was always training with him, and then. Uh, the thing that I didn't take into the account was that he's a bit heavier as well. So yeah. I thought when I had that power meter on, not knowing that power meters could be different, I, I should just halt 250 
260 watts and just uh, see how it goes. <laughs> so in that race, I uh, did average. I think I, I'll, I'll get it up right now. It's uh, the 5th of August 2017. Well, here it is, the training peaks data. Ironman Maastricht, one hour, 10 minute swim. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's as quick as what you do now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, you picked up your swimming quick. <laughs> Isn't that like 140 so, per 100? You were going well, mate, then. <laughs> the um, the average power, what I wrote back then, was uh, 245 watts and normalized 255. And I, th- I think I had the fifth or sixth overall bike split there. Is uh, you'll, you'll, You can have a little look at the data. You like to look at that, don't you? I like to look oh, at that, yeah. T- tell them what you're doing right now. Just seeing what he averaged through the first half. Oh, he was consistent, 250 through the first half. So uh, old Tommy was just trying to hold 250 watts. And, so uh, basically that's a, that, that will uh, immediately say something about age group racing. Age group racing is more of a, a time trial, isn't it? 180k time trial. This was in the very beginning as an age grouper, so I think if you want to qualify as uh, an age grouper that comes out of the water and will qualify as a strong cyclist, you need to be pushing something between 245 watts and 280 watts. I think that would definitely uh, uh, get you up there. The top, top age groupers, uh, for example, we're training out here with uh, John DeWell. Um, They'll be riding something like 280 for an Ironman, Um, maybe some of them more, I don't know, but... Yeah, and it depends, uh, obviously, how aero you are as well. Like, if you've got a rubbish position, you're not very aero, then you'd just be putting out, like, more power, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when speed comes in place, indeed. If you, um, but if but you're power-wise, putting out 260, that would be pretty decent as an age group, wouldn't it? If you're doing two, because sometimes I'm... Uh, um, if you could do over an Ironman 250, 260 watts, that is actually super decent. Even 230, 240 for an, uh, for an age group is uh, is pretty decent. Gets really? you like, do you reckon? Yeah, that gets you like a maybe a bit more than a five hour bike split. Five hour oh, bike yeah, split. Oh yeah, you definitely go under five hours with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, uh, two, that's pretty decent for an age group. If you like, if you were aero for two hundred and thirty, I reckon you could be uh, probably close to four forty or something. Four forty. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, for, not many aero. age groupers right four forty, mate. No, but for two thirty watts for two thirty. Yeah, that'd you, be really. Yeah, that'd be really good. Um, half distances, half distances in the age group field. I think they'll be a bit bit stronger. Um, so. Uh, for example, in Wanaka 2020. Oh, you had a great bike there, didn't you? Yeah, that was. Um... And I had like the joint fastest bike uh, from, or the fastest bike from the uh, from the pros. So we, if we go for that race now, that would be interesting to compare because you were the fastest in the age group race. Do you, you know that race was actually today, two years ago, was this really? day, the 15th of Feb 2020. Right, so here we go. This is in the. Uh, Get your data this is up. from. Him having the fastest age group race. In and the you're having race. the fastest pro race. Fastest pro in there. So I got my average power for that one was, if I look at it, 200, 329 watts and 345 normalized. So 16 watts higher for the normalized. Two and a half thousand feet of climbing on that. Slow New Zealand roads, like up and down. They're just not very, um, not they're not very quick either, the surface in Wanaka, are they? Mm-hmm. So no. that got me 25.9, got me 25.2 miles per hour. So All right, it's not that quick. Um, I averaged that right, three hundred and twenty watts and three hundred and thirty-one normalized. Um, duration was two hours and twenty minutes, but I know that somewhere where I wrote wrong on the course, and I had to stop because my chain ring uh, chain came uh, in between my chain rings. 
Um, so the riding time was two hours and 17. Yeah. So since but going off the dynamics, the dynamics of this is different, isn't it? Because when I got out of this, I was behind and chasing, but then I also had a few people that had been like dropped from like, you know, when they'd been, they'd got out the swim in the lead group or just behind and they were like trying to claw onto people when they came. So I had to be a bit surgy when I went past mm-hmm. them because obviously I didn't really want to pull anyone if I didn't have to. Um, and I can see I averaged 348 watts average for the first 56 minutes and 358 normalized. So it was like obviously quite surgy up and down. But then the second half of the ride, if I go to it, was 3.14 and only 3.35. So it shows mm-hmm. you, you know, once you kind of get away from them and you're in no man's land, you can settle down to much more of your own rhythm. And I think that's the biggest difference between, um, for example, age group racing and professional racing. As an age grouper, you get out of the water and you do your 180k time trial because um, you, there is no really dynamics. You don't know who is in the field. You don't know your competitors. You don't know what they run off the bike. Um, so you just settle in for a steady pace. Whereas in an Ironman, as a professional, you'd come off. You come out of the swim. Uh, in my case, in the back. So as uh, praying for dear life that you get to the front. But in Joe's case, uh, a bit more in the front, and then you'd be thinking, all right, I'm riding with these guys. Some of them are running maybe faster, some are not. Them are running faster, you want to drop them. So it gets a little bit surgy instead of a, a steady pace, isn't it? Yeah, it gets surgy because you don't, the aim of the game is to get the highest position possible. So you, it doesn't really matter too much about the time. So you don't want to be sitting at like the fastest speed to get from A to B. I mean, if you're chasing a group, then obviously, and you're trying to bridge up to them, you want to get there as quick and as far and ride the fastest speed you can. So it changes a bit different how you ride, but then when you do catch people, you need to you need to drop them and like get away from them. So like you have to put some surges in to try and drop them, but then ultimately that does impact the speed you go because you're going to pay for them surges at some point. Like I can see from the Wanaka file, like the last thirty or forty minutes, the power was actually quite low. It's probably because you're feeling the effect of doing the surges that you've done, but you've had to do them to get so you haven't got people behind you. So I can see the last 43 minutes, I only averaged 302, which is actually probably less than what I averaged in Ironman New Zealand. I mean, and my last 50 minutes were 315. Yeah. Because you're riding steady. There you go, yeah. Bread. So like you yeah. ride the last bit. And then if we go to New Zealand, which was, we were training for, that was in, that was literally just before COVID kicked off, went it crazy to think like, exactly, what, March 7th, then? 2020. So I did four hours, 12 there. And, I'm not sure if I had the fast bike speed, but it was pretty much within like 20 or 30 seconds. I was riding with a guy um, and he just got into transition before me, but it was mm-hmm. very similar. I don't even, I don't know if I caught him up. I caught him up actually out of transition. So, But you um, could see from the power files, if I look at yours or at mine, that you could see yours is a bit more spiky and mine is like super stable. This wasn't the too bad one this was because the people in front were all split up. So this wasn't a case of, this will probably be a much more consistent one because I can remember this race and when I caught people, they were only in separate like ones, mm-hmm. you know, like there was no big pack. I think the most people I caught in one go was two people. So this is more of probably a way how you'd race it as an age grouper. You know, we're working hard, but when you caught people, it wasn't that hard to drop them because there wasn't a big group to sit in and people didn't get much benefit. So this is probably going to be a much smoother file. Um, what about, would you train difference, uh, different as a pro to get used to the surges instead of uh, an age grouper? Um, yeah, I think so. You definitely need to practice like doing stuff like that. So, out of interest, what did you um, average in that one in New Zealand? What was um, New the Zealand? The data the a four thirty four bike split with two hundred and sixty five watts. 
So it's 308 in that one. And I remember back then, because I was not into triathlon for too long, um, that you could see my short power, so in Wanaka, which was which was three weeks before that, I did 320 average and 330 normalized, doing then 265 in an Ironman. It's actually quite low. Yeah. So my tempo and just overall fitness just wasn't as great. It was good, but not as great. And I averaged exact one watt lower for the second half of this race than I did for the first. So yeah, like pretty much like spot on how you'd want to. And then I got the fastest run split. So it shows that it does, you, you're probably going to run a lot better if you can keep like that. But the thing is, it's so hard to be able to race like that when you've got pay, packs and stuff, isn't it? All right. So um, um, let's say you're, um, you're, you're in an age group, you're, a, you're an age grouper. You're riding at St. George and you've got a bunch behind you. Pack rats. What, what will you do? Oh, well, if there was a hill, you'd try and drop them on a hill or something. Or if there's a crosswind, that would be a good opportunity. Um, but if they're carrying on sitting in, then you might want to like take it, you know, take it easy and just force some of them to go on the front, do some work, you know. That's the whole whole you... difference between. Um, I mean, I remember when I was racing as an age grouper, especially in the beginning when I wasn't. Uh, I mean, in New Zealand, I had a really good swim, so I was already quite in the front of the race. But in in Maastricht, I was like literally at the very very back. I started with the last 40 people um, that I did. I had no clue about drafting and all that. Mm-hmm. So I was just writing my own thing. And if someone would, if I, I remember there was this guy, Jack Schofield, and I was, he was either riding in front of me or I was, I was overtaking him. He's, but we, prob- he's probably a bit of a pack rat, isn't he? I, imagine. <laughs> I bet he was sat right but behind we, you. We, we, had a, we had a little battle that day, battle on the bike. But thinking about it, thinking back, we should have both thought like, Let's work together and get to the front because who, he's a shit swimmer as well. Who faded? Um, I I don't. It's not about. I came into transition transition first, but then he overtook me on the run on the beginning part, and on the second half of the run, I overtook him again. And then, Thought it was in the hair, mate. Then I I uh, I uh, yeah I, I I won it that day. But um, so did you tell him to get his camera ready? I yeah to get the camera ready. No, but what I mean to say is that as an age grouper, you don't really see the dynamics. Whereas I think. Some age groupers, especially if you go into St. George and you know some guys in the scene that are like, for example, good bikers, could benefit from each other instead yeah. of working against each other. And maybe you need a Lionel and you don't want to, you don't want to like, you, if you're, uh, if you like being a bit of a pack rat, you want a Lionel Sanders because he'll just tow everyone along. Like that guy loves just riding and uh, turn people along. He's like, he's like the ideal person you'd want to sit behind isn't he it, yeah because he's, he's got he's, big quads in there as well big so quads. nice he, draft he's probably not going to try and drop you i mean if you watch diamond florida he'll just set a nice pace and just tow you along right to the right to the finish of the bike and uh be like thanks mate i'll get you a beer later cheers for the tow that's just uh, very friendly it sucks that my swim is not on his level but otherwise i would have loved to be riding over there no what do you mean not on his level didn't you swim 110 no. Oh, one, oh yeah, one, <laughs> one ten. He might be. He might be chasing you down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I think race dynamics is just very different from uh, from age groupers and pros. So if you want to find yourself as a top age grouper, um, what's necessarily doesn't really. I mean, there's a big difference in power meters. You could have a power meter that says 220 watts. It's all about the speed, isn't it? In the end. If you would ride between 4.30 and 4.45 on a flattish 
uh, course, then you'd be one of the top eight. And, yeah, for and sure. some, definitely some stuff yeah. to do. If you're not uh, in England, we have a lot of time trials. So it's great to get out there, practice doing some time trials and actually like riding the courses as fast as possible. So carrying the speed, because a lot of people get carried away with just riding to a set number and they don't like push the hard bits harder, take it easier on the easier bits, you know, and downhill, save your energy. And it's all about... Yeah, that's a good one, carrying the speed. It's all about carrying the speed, you know, riding the course, not like looking at numbers and just riding to a constant power number. Yeah, for example, if you've got a small climb, you might as well ramp that climb a bit harder, especially if you get just over the top, like ramp it up there because you can take the speed. Yeah, carry exactly. The speed. And carry the speed, get the speed up at the start of the descent. And then just tuck in, get aero, save your legs. You don't need to pedal if you're going like say over 60 k's an hour, 65 exactly. k's an hour. And if you're uh, a bit secure, insecure about the numbers, the average power is getting low. Just get your Rahu and turn the uh, set uh, zero numbers. What? Just turn that one up, <laughs> and you'll get awesome numbers on Strava and Training Peaks. So uh, in the and end, you'll it's not get about more the kudos ones. as well. It's all about the kudos. So. It's all about the kudos on Strava. <laughs> the bigger the numbers, the more kudos you're likely to get. In the end, it's going from from uh, from A to B. But um, talking about it, I'm really curious um, how the the bike uh, this season for me is going to unfold because I I honestly think I've been in in the best bike form I've ever been. Um, Have we got a race announcement coming up? No, not really. Are you not thinking of doing South Africa? Yeah, I'm thinking, thinking about thinking it. Doing it. Yeah. He's not, he's not announcing it. But I'm, I'm it thinking about again for getting a Ferrari as well, but I'm, I can't do it, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you think about stuff, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Um, you mean you're not getting enough money off the podcast to afford a Ferrari yet? <laughs> no, literally, the podcast is costing loads of money every week, uh, every month. But by the way, I'm paying. <laughs> He's paying for this podcast, guys. Yeah, it's all coming out of Tommy's bank account. So Tommy's uh, uh, Tommy's pocket. But so he needs to get in the prize money this year. <laughs> there's so many subscriptions that we need to keep up to just get this stuff out there. But we love doing it. It's all it's all for the community. Anyway, um, speaking of, yeah, we definitely hope um, to go to, to St. George and then uh, do some content there. Definitely well, probably won't. you won't be doing much there because you will be focusing on the race. I know, but you'll have, you'll be flying the flag, won't you? You might have a wingman as well. Well, we're going to try. We're going to try if we can uh, um, find a sponsor that wants to chip in some money for the, uh, um, for the special. So if you know someone that is keen to do it, and we have, um, we have a videographer that can do daily vlogs, so literally every day a vlog about the whole day, and that is superb quality. Um, and we have some great ideas, but obviously we can't say them on here because we know people like Triathlon Town will probably steal the ideas, and uh, we don't want to. F- uh, we have got some cars. really, really, really good ideas. Cars. Yeah. Um, so, Trainiacs, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, or we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go over to uh, the Bullshit Buster. Yeah. So this week, I was casually sitting in my car and I was uh, standing in front of a traffic light and all of a sudden something drew my attention, Joe. And I was looking right at a bullshit buster and it was right in front of me. It was right in front of me the whole time You didn't see inside the change rooms, did you, from your car? No. (laughs) I wasn't looking in the mirror. I wasn't the bullshit buster itself. But I could see two runners. They were standing next to the traffic light. They were waiting for the light to hit green and they're running on the spot. I do that. Shut up. You don't you, run on the no, spot. No, I do. I do. No, you don't I don't do that. I range to drop under 100. Like, <laughs> I, I know you're not doing it. I think this is the biggest bullshit buster out there. It's especially, they're probably not triathletes or experienced runners. They're most of the time very, very amateurish runners. So they go out for a run. They stop for a traffic light and they do a little jog on the spot. 
I swear when we were driving through Drone the other day that we saw Jan Fredino jogging on the spot. He's been jogging on the spot for quite yeah, some time. Like, yeah, like, quite I few. saw him like at the traffic lights. Like, I, know. I waved to him and just ignored me. Yeah. But he was jogging on the spot. He's so too busy keeping that, his heart rate high. That, that, I, I'm always wondering, why do people do that? Is it is Are they so fit that their heart rate will, will drop if they don't? Or... Um, the majority of the times they're they're just getting into the run because they're in in town. When still. I started running and I was like I don't know when I was younger, like eleven or twelve years old, and I went to like the, the running club and we used to do this like five six mile run out on the streets. And so, so, bloody hell, he's bre- he's wrecking the joint, guys. He's had one kombucha and he's already uh, knocking <laughs> stuff down. Um, but yeah, there were some some of the older guys in the athletics club used to jog on the spot. Like they were old boys, like sixty five, seventy years. Do you old. think it looks beast or something? I just thought that was normal back then. But do you still think it's normal? No, it's not. Like, it's definitely not normal. Like I don't see anyone do that in England. What about what about stretching on the spot? So they would hit the button and wait for the light to get green and then stretch muscles and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Like, yeah. Lunches. Do you, you think it's a bit weird? You've got to limber yourself up, mate. You've got to, got to keep them hamstrings <laughs> nice ready. and loose, mate. you got to... <laughs> all right. Well, I'll... I'll you want to be tight like a tiger. <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny. <laughs> um, anyway, it, I, I think is... Uh, so running on the spot is a bullshit buster. Just take it as a, as a couple of seconds rest. Oh yeah. Oh, one high. By the way, I know this is out of thing. One high. What we meant to say was uh, the Fredino's Cafe. Thinking of talking about the how they let us. uh, That is a really good one. Let's talk about this story real quick because it's just a quick one, guys. But we need to give uh, a thanks to uh, Fredino's Cafe La Comuna. So basically, we went on the ride, went over three mountains. We were about 180 k's in, and we've been thinking we, of this cafe for ages. For ages, about two hours in, I was already thinking about the cafe. Six and a half hours later, we rocked up, and we didn't go to uh, any of the other cafes on route because there was like literally no good ones. And we knew Girona's the place to go. There's like three or four cracking cafes, like awesome quality, and we wanted to go to uh, this one because the weather wasn't great. It wasn't as warm as normal. And um, we thought, we're going to go to this one because uh, it's seating indoors so we can keep warm. And we get there and they tell you that the the kitchen closed 10 minutes ago and we've done 175Ks over three months. Exactly. And the chef already left home. Had he already left to go home? Is that why? Yeah. So then I walked out and I I, I saw Jan Fredinos, his his wife was, uh, was in the La Comuna as well. And she could see the disappointment on our faces. And she I said, thought that she was worried that you were going to bullshit bust her. <laughs> bullshit bust her, like a Luna Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was probably texting Jan, Jan, we got a problem. Travel and Mockery just rocked up and the kitchen is closed. No. Chef's left and probably Jan said... We're not going to live this down. <laughs> if you have to, get in the kitchen, cook them boys some food. That's just cook got, boil them yeah, some eggs, just, just do something. We can't end up in a bullshit buster. They're simple guys. <laughs> Like a couple of boiled eggs on toast. You'd be like, oh, we've only got that old toast, that we, that old bread that we were meant to throw out. That'll be all right. They'll never know the difference. Just give them that, you know, that'll do. But yeah, definitely. Uh, now she she caught the, um, she said, but we walked out and we were uh, we were already on our way to another place. And she said, I'm going to fix this. I'm, I'm going to call the, I'm going to call the chef. I can do you some breakfast burritos. I'm going to, did she call him back in, did she? Um, did she call him back in? Yeah, she called it. So basically, she said, "I'm going to fix this, guys. I'm, I'm going to sort you out food because you've been out for a long ride, and uh, I'm going to sort this out." She said, so, "I know what it, I know what's like, didn't she?" She said, "I know what it's like. I, I know what a husband is like that's been out training for a long day." I thought and it was like she, when she said, "I know what it's like." I thought she meant like she'd been dragging Jan over the mountains for 160 k's with him on her wheel, and she was like, "I know what it's like dragging someone round the mountains." So yeah. I'll get or <laughs> or um, because Jan Ferdino was on an altitude camp, so she doesn't she didn't really have someone at home to take care for and then she saw the, the mockery boys coming in totally shattered and she, she it was the inner mom coming up yeah. I need to take care of the boys so she sorted us out and we have to say 
if you're in Drona, the food there was absolutely amazing. Like, I would say that was probably the best food I've had at a cafe. You know, like, not a restaurant, but, like, a normal cafe that does decent coffee and food. Like, the food yeah, is, like... food is really, really good. It tastes incredible. It's all, like, healthy stuff, natural stuff. Like, I would have... I, to be honest, I'd give it a 9 or a 10 out of 10. Like, I thought it was amazing. Like, couldn't really fault it. And so, it's a good price as well, isn't it? Yeah, Like, fair, the price is decent. decent. So. so, big shout-out to uh, our main man, Yen. Uh, we know he's a big fan of the podcast and um, and to his wife, Emma. Yeah, yeah. Massive thanks to them. And if you're in Girona, guys, check it out. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. It was amazing. Um, yeah, that one ticked off. Let's go over to the Instagram post of the week. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's time for the Instagram post of the week, isn't it? Yeah. It's the day after Valentine's Day and we have got oh, a Valentine's God. special. Who found this one as well? Give God. me some credit for this. Joe found it, but it was actually funny because he came up to my room, oh, to showing room. it to me, and I, at that moment, I was reading it. You're reading it. I said, Tom, I found the Instagram post of the week, didn't I? I said, I found it. And have you got, did you screenshot it? I didn't screenshot it, but it's a pro triathlete, and he is a big one. He's an American one. At first, I thought he was Chinese because he was racing when I was in age group. I was seeing him racing in Australia, and I saw his name. His name was Long, and I thought, Long, Sam Long. Oh, you thought he was so, Japanese or I thought he was Japanese, you? yeah. Really? But then, <laughs> then he, then he said, Sam Long? <laughs> I, I thought he was Japanese or Chinese. But anyway, he is uh, American, and what? it's got the Instagram post of the week. There it is, isn't it? This, one this, it's this one. Let me read this. So... You imagine this, Sam Long, the big unit in triathlon. Um, the ride, he uploaded this as a Strava activity. So it's not technically Instagram, but social media of the post of the week, whatever. So finishing up a big unit style three-week block. That's the name of the training session. 35k run. He's done it at four-minute K pace. If you're in miles, six minutes, 25 mile pace. Massive, loads of hills. And he says, much talk of overtraining this. We will find out at the races. This may be TMI, but it's important. I pay close attention to my sex drive. I <laughs> Do you, Sam? So apparently he pays close attention to his sex drive. He says, and I haven't lost it. So that usually means I've kept it in the right place. And it means I'll have a good Valentine's Day. Who's the lucky man, Sam? <laughs> and then he says, big shout out to Jason Pohl as well. Thanks for all the company these last few weeks. Go give him a follow. So basically, his missus has probably read this. This is at 8 o'clock, day before Valentine's Day. And she's like, oh, I know Sam's got some... Uh, some, some minerals some, for some tomorrow. Mi- some minerals for tomorrow. And then uh, Tom saw that and uh, he couldn't help himself but comment, could you? And, well, I left a little comment. I said, um, what's up, Sam? Um, my iPhone right now is lagging a little bit. It's not working. So I didn't know what I say. I said, oh, here it is. I said, what's up, Sam? You're a king. Joe and I wish you a VO2 Max session on Valentine. Let's go, baby. And he said, well, VO2 Max is three to eight minute max, but very hard. He's more of a threshold Valentine's kind of session, 20 to 60 minutes. Well, he wouldn't be a true Sam Long if he would do a double session day, would it? So we, as the Mockery Boys, advised him to do a double session, VO2 in the morning, tempo in the evening. Because St. George is coming, baby. Did you say uh, that? St. George is coming, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. St. George yeah. is coming. Get it done. <laughs> Um, he was just laughing. Anyway, um, yeah, hope he had a great Valentine. Hope everyone had a great Valentine. 
And um, we hope you got some sleep. We <laughs> we hope it's, because recovery is important as recovery well. Recovery is important, Sam. You Defin- need some sleep after that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we hope to see you back next week. And Oc, oh, if you're uh, if you could give us some uh, some rating ratings on uh, on Spotify, that'd be uh, that'd be great because. Uh, we uh, we want to be up in the ratings. That's what yeah. we want. We're getting annihilated at the moment on Spotify, so boost us up, guys. <laughs> yeah. We need the support. We need the support. All right. Woof, woof. See ya. <laughs>